What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. A deeper level, you also become a lot more resilient because a lot mm. of research is failure and troubleshooting. Yeah. And so you have to be able to keep working at a problem and keep getting a bad result and then changing the setup slightly and just keep doing that until you get something that works and something sure. that uh, is actually set up to answer the question you want and will let you fully answer that question. That is Sursha Disney McKeaton, who recently graduated with a bachelor's degree in cell biology from Rice University. Hello, I'm your host, Venkatraman. Sursha was interested in microbiology in high school. This may have had a lot to do with all the volunteering she did at the Hot Springs National Park. She loved nature and hiking. She also did some research focused on bats at the park. Sursha joins us on our podcast to share her undergraduate journey at Rice, the transition to college, undergraduate research, the impact of that undergraduate research, and advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. me and I guess everyone else found a lot of ways to adapt to um, going to college in the pandemic, having Zoom classes, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, overall, I came into college with a really clear idea of what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go into a PhD afterwards, and so I was always pretty focused on that goal. One is that Rice is a really great research institution, it has a really strong focus on undergraduate research. So Mm -hmm. I knew that coming here, I would get that opportunity to join a lab and do research and prepare myself for going to graduate school. Mm -hmm. And also they have uh, really good financial aid. And I think probably the biggest thing that you learn in your first year of college or the biggest thing that you need to learn is just kind of how to ask for help and where to get help. So Mm -hmm. learning like not just like your immediate friends and asking them for help forming study groups, but also knowing who sort of like your peer academic mentors are, uh, how to go to their study hours. But Mm -hmm. in our system where we have the micro droplets, the bacteria are essentially all separated from each other and they all have their own little private micro droplets. So they're no longer in direct competition with one another. And by doing this, when we do our evolution experiments, we can preserve a lot more diversity in the populations and hopefully see a lot more uh, different types of mutations. And in our experiments, we're specifically evolving them to antibiotic resistance and studying what type of resistance mechanisms they have. I think if you have something that you're interested in and you know you want to go to college to pursue it, it's really good while you're in high school to find things you can do related to that interest. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like not everywhere has like good research opportunities, but even outside of that, a lot of times there might be extracurricular 
opportunities either in your school or in your community. These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters. Alma Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For my newsletter, visit almamatters.substack.com. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Sursha. So without further ado, here is Sursha Disney Makita. So if you're ready, we can jump right in. Yeah, sure. I can uh, start um, wherever you'd like. Sure. Um, well, the best place to start might be to just give us an overall impression of your college experience so far. And um, then we go from there. Yeah, um, I think for me, I've really enjoyed my time in college. Um, it was probably pretty unorthodox given um, I started in 2019 and then uh, the pandemic sort of disrupted everything six months later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I probably really only had like maybe like a year, year and a half of like semi-normal college experience my freshman year and my senior year. Um, Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I think despite that, I still overall had a really positive experience and uh, me and I guess everyone else found a lot of ways to adapt to um, going to college in the pandemic, having Zoom classes, everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me overall, I came into college with a really clear idea of what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go into a PhD afterwards. And so I was always pretty focused on that goal. which I think did make things easier in a lot of ways since I was able to start a lot of the things that I wanted to early and Mm -hmm. I was able to sort of keep focused on them uh, despite the pandemic and find ways to keep trying to do things like do research and do the activities I wanted during the pandemic. Um, I think I was also definitely able to do a lot of things I wanted to do because of the support network I had and the friends I made in college and in the teachers who helped mm-hmm. me and were there for me. So I think that combination of having goals in mind of what I wanted to do and having that support network really overall is what bolstered my college experience. Why did you choose uh, Rice? Why did you come to Rice? Um, it's sort of a combination of two things. One is that Rice is a really great research institution, it has a really strong focus on undergraduate research. So Mm -hmm. I knew that coming here, I would get that opportunity to join a lab and do research and prepare myself for going to graduate school. Mm -hmm. And also they have uh, really good financial aid. I don't know if you know about um, the QuestBridge program. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I was a QuestBridge match student to Rice. um, So the fact that I was able to get that um, full ride scholarship uh, is also a big reason of like why I went. Okay, so maybe we can start a little bit with uh, your high school. What were you like in high school? What were your interests? I think in high school, I definitely felt a lot of the pressure um, of just sort of getting ready um, to go to college, trying to um, prepare for that. Mm-hmm. Um, even... I sort of already knew that I was interested in uh, microbiology and trying to uh, do research in that area. Although then I was more interested in sort of like an epidemiology, like pathogen side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'm trying to think. Yeah, I was probably in high school, I was learning a lot and just sort of like, oh, this is how I make friends. This is how I interact with people. And doing that at the same time as uh, trying to prepare for college was definitely um, stressful, I think, but it was also a really good learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, yeah, it's hard. To, I feel like it's hard to say what it's like in high school just because it's hard to know, like, what's changed from how I am now. But I think I've definitely learned a lot um, in terms of just, you know, school research, everything like that, how to do the things I want to do, how to get back up from failure. Um, and I think I've also learned a lot from when I was in high school, just in terms of how to interact with people just both in personal and professional settings. Um, I think I was still learning a lot of that in high school. I do really value that learning experience. I think that's something that people should focus on in high school as well as uh, the more academic side of things in terms of trying to um, bolster that, get good grades, do extracurriculars, all of that. But I think it is really important to focus on uh, making connections with people in your life and having sort of like support support networks then, even if you don't necessarily carry them into college, just to sort of gain those skills and uh, learn how to make interpersonal relationships. Now, what did you do outside of class in high school? What, what kind of things were you involved in? Um, I did a lot of volunteering at the Hot Springs National Park. Um, mm-hmm. I helped with some of their invasive plant management and I helped with um, trail cleanup, things like that. Um, so that was really fun. I've, I've always really liked nature and hiking and everything like that. So that was a really good extracurricular for me to do. I yeah. also was very involved in Quiz Bowl. I was actually still involved in Quiz Bowl in college. I was, uh, Quiz Bowl captain isn't really that impressive, <laughs> um, but I was um, that doing that in high school. I did fairly well at that. Um, I kind of remember, I think senior year of college, I was also a peer mentor. Mm. So I did some um, just hours every week helping other other students with their um, academic work. I helped a lot with uh, English essays and some people with like college essays. Now, you mentioned, um, so two things uh, I wanted to follow up on. You mentioned under, undergraduate research as being an important thing um, in your picking rice. Now, where did that research interest come from? Did you do any research while in school? How, how did that happen? I did some. I had a sort of unique high school situation in that I went to this um, school card called Arkansas School for Mathematics, Sciences, and the Arts. It's this Mm. two-year residential public high school that's sort of designed for students uh, to get um, a lot of experiences they wouldn't otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. You can take a lot of dual dual credit classes that can transfer over as college classes, and they have a research requirement or some sort of uh, capstone project to to graduate. Um, Mm -hmm. So I actually did some form of research um, both my junior and senior year of high school because of that. I did it with the Hot Springs National Park actually through some of my volunteering there. I focused on uh, the 
bats, bats in the Hot Springs National Park. My first year research project, I was looking, I was basically doing a canvassing project where I was hiking around in the Hot Springs National Park and finding potential uh, summer bat roost locations and then mm -hmm. marking them down. And then comparing that to data, the Hot Springs National Park had already gathered of acoustic data of where bats were making the most calls and sort of comparing where you saw their potential roosting sites to where that acoustic call density was. Mm. And then senior year, I actually worked with the Forest Service a little bit um, so that they could get me um, swabs from inside of some of the winter roosting sites of the walls and of some of like the bat wings, things like that. So I could uh, test those swabs for white nose syndrome, which is this really bad um, infectious fungal disease affecting bat populations. And so, yeah, I was able to do that through um, the school supporting us doing those research experiences and partnering with the national park. Um, and yeah, that was definitely a really big factor in both cementing my knowing I wanted to do research in college and beyond and having that experience for applying to college was also definitely a very big help. Yeah, I guess that's where the microbiology came in, right? Uh, probably. So. Yeah. Okay, so let's move forward. Let's talk a little bit about your transition from high school to, to Rice. Uh, what was that like? That was definitely a really interesting period of time, especially because that's the period of time that I think was probably the most typical college experience since that was pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think I had a um, sort of unique experience there too, since I did a summer program at Rice uh, for six mm -hmm. weeks before I started. So mm -hmm. I made a lot of um, connections in that summer program that sort of became my friend group for my first year of college, which mm -hmm. was kind of nice in that it gave me like a little bit of like a soft landing and that I had people I already knew and could gravitate towards. And so being able to interact with them uh, was really nice. We'd like have study groups for a lot of like the intro classes. We'd, mm -hmm. um, you know, like work work together late at night uh, at the student union, uh, like at the coffee house, just doing like basic chemistry homework. Yeah. So having that group of people was really nice, but I will say academically, there's definitely uh, a transition just in sort of the size of the classes and the number of people you interact with in those really big intro level classes and the mm -hmm. sort of like type of work and expectations kind of just since yeah, it really yeah. does matter a lot more getting an understanding of like and it matters in high school too getting sort of an understanding of the underlying principles and applying those in as many situations as you can but i think the emphasis is even stronger in college in terms of getting this sort of systems level understanding in a lot of those uh inter-level stem classes and so learning that was really important and I think probably the biggest thing that you learn in your first year of college or the biggest thing that you need to learn is just kind of how to ask for help and where to get help so mm -hmm. learning like not just like your immediate friends and asking them for help forming study groups but also knowing who sort of like your peer academic mentors are uh, how to go to their study hours 
take advantage of that resource, knowing when your professor's office hours are, how to get help from them, all of those are really mm -hmm. important resources. And it's really important to like develop those skills of even just like knowing how to get help is really important. No, that's, that's absolutely, uh, you know, that's very relevant to this conversation, right? So I'll follow up on that would be, did you find the academics, um, you know, difficult or was it just applying and working hard at it? I mean, you know, you just needed to work more at it or was, did you find there was a quite a step up from high school? Because you seemed like you were pretty intense in high school as well. Yeah, I think I was, um, like I said, at, at an advantage since the um, high school I went to, I was already taking classes that were designed to be like dual enrollment with college yeah. and sort of meant to kind of be a transition into college classes. So I think that helped a lot. Yeah. Um, I think I did probably have to put in more work in terms of studying more, trying to um, improve my study habits in general in terms of like actually trying to like plan out studying as opposed to just cramming for yeah, like five yeah. hours before a, a big exam. Right. Um, I think it, yeah, I'd say it really is a combination of um, changing the way you work and just like pure effort. And obviously it'll also vary a lot by subject in terms of what's easiest for you and what comes naturally to you. And, you know, even, even in college, there are classes that are going to be easier than other ones. Sure. Um, so sure. It's also sort of a, a balancing act of knowing um, which classes you're taking together. You probably don't want to take, you know, intro Cal and intro Orgo and intro like advanced physics all in the same semester, if you can help yeah. it. What did you think of your peers? I think for the most part, uh, everyone I interacted with is really nice. Uh, Rice has a really big emphasis on what they call um, culture of care, uh, mm -hmm. which just means sort of looking out for one another and trying to just cultivate a really friendly atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely really nice to experience and just feel like there was sort of this like sense of campus community. I... Mm -hmm. I think I probably for most of college, I had a relatively small friend groups, but I really valued the connections I made. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone I got to know, they're all just really lovely, great people. Um, I think just like in high school, it's just sort of a matter of finding people you like and continuing to get to know them. What about the classes, the teaching, the professors? How'd you find I that? think just like at any college, um, the classes um, and the professors are just going to vary a lot. There are some classes that are like great and super well taught. And then there are some that are, you know, yeah. you're the ones doing most of the work to put the information together. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it really does vary just a lot, like what you're going to get. It's really nice when you do have a class that's really well taught and is super helpful, but sometimes you will have classes where maybe like the teacher either like doesn't work for you or is just kind of bad at explaining things or doesn't always talk super in depth about the things they test over and you just kind of have to work around that to an extent. Hmm. So yeah, I think just like anywhere else it varies, although I think overall 
there were definitely a lot of really good teachers and really good classes. Okay, so let's jump over to research. Um, how did you start uh, research at Rice? I uh, knew I wanted to start it as soon as I could. Um, although I got a lot of advice, you know, probably not first semester freshman year. Yeah. Um, so I sort of spent that semester looking into different labs I might be interested in. I remember early in the year, I went to an event being hosted by the Rice Biosciences Department to sort of mm -hmm. let people know um, just sort of how to get into research, uh, how to ask around. And I went up to one of the people at the event and just asked them if they knew any labs that were doing microbiology research. And this mm -hmm. was just another student. They didn't uh, they didn't specialize in microbiology, yeah. but they were able to give me two different names and I looked up the names and one of them, uh, Dr. Shamu, he was doing research on antibiotic resistance that I thought was really mm -hmm. interesting. So I just emailed him, mm -hmm. told him that I was interested in that subject, interested in working in his lab. And I scheduled a meeting with him next week and he said that he probably has space for me in his lab. And that was just sort of the lab I worked in for most of uh, undergrad. I started, I didn't start that semester. There's a lot of training you have to do, but uh -huh. I started in quotation marks, January, 2020 and yeah. started doing some like, you know, small like basic projects. And then in March we all got sent home and that got put on yeah. hold. Okay. another like, six seven months yeah but I I didn't know I was really uh passionate about that and I wanted to keep working in the lab so uh -huh. next semester we had we had the choice of either staying home and doing that semester virtually or returning in person and mm -hmm. I decided to return in person just so I could do research in person and be able to work on the research projects that I wanted to be working on in the lab Um, so I joined our lab's uh, microfluidics team, which was mm -hmm. developing a new platform for doing uh, experiments with microbial evolution. This mm -hmm. was where we were making these water droplets encapsulated in oil, where you mm -hmm. could fine tune both the size of the droplets and the number of bacteria that end up in each droplet. And mm -hmm. so... By doing this, you essentially have this mini chamber where you can put the bacteria in and the bacteria can grow inside of the droplet and it's completely separate from all of the other bacteria. And traditionally, right. when you grow bacteria in lab, they're just in this like one big flask, you know, like typical Erlenmeyer flask, and mm -hmm. they grow and they're all competing for each other. And if you grow them over a long period of time, like you do in an evolution experiment, typically there will be a few clear winning strains that uh, outcompete all the other ones. Typically, they're the ones that are the fastest growers or mm -hmm. maybe the most common mutations. But mm -hmm. in our system, where we have the micro droplets, the bacteria are essentially all separated from each other and they all have their own little private micro droplets. So they're no longer in direct competition with one another. Right. And by doing this, when we do our evolution experiments, we can preserve a lot more diversity in the populations and hopefully see a lot more uh, different types of mutations. And in our right. experiments, we're specifically evolving them to antibiotic resistance and studying what type of resistance mechanisms they have. So mm -hmm. our goal with this was to see 
hopefully a more diverse array of resistance mechanisms in these bacteria that can be studied and sort of uh, identified, parsed, uh, and eventually like way down the line, once you know what the resistance mechanisms are, you can sort of develop drugs that specifically target them and potentially make the bacteria susceptible again. Now, this is fascinating. So now you said that um, by putting them in individual droplets, um, you would see a lot more different types of mutations as opposed to a predominant one in a larger container. Now, wh what did you find there? I mean, did, did pretty much every droplet produce a mutation? Was that like a 100% thing or is that that some survive, some don't? Just a feel for some outcomes of that kind. Yeah, so when um, you do these experiments, like I said, we're evolving into antibiotic resistance. And yeah. how we do that is each day we sort of increase the concentration a little bit. And okay. all bacteria have a minimum inhibitory concentration to a drug, the mm -hmm. amount of the drug that is necessary to kill them. And yeah. so when you do these experiments, we typically start them below that amount and then evolve them until they're well past that amount. Yeah. And typically in any of these experiments, whenever you get close to the MIC, a lot of these bacteria will start dying. And really yeah. the only way that they will survive is if they do have that mutation. And yeah. the likelihood of this mutation is very low. It's like one in like 10 million, 100 million, okay. something like that. Um, so most of these bacteria don't survive, but because there are so many of them, the chances of there being a few with a mutation that lets them survive is pretty much guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so... When we do the microdroplet experiment, we're essentially looking at um, specifically the bacteria with those uh, mutations. Oh, and because um, these antibiotic resistance mutations, they're good for anti for making the bacteria resistant. But yeah. a lot of times that comes at a fitness cost. They might cause the bacteria to grow a lot slower and be less competitive, or they might cause the bacteria to no longer be able to uh, pump, pump out, uh, certain, um, toxins in the right way, or maybe they pump out, uh, too much stuff because now all of their pumps to get rid of the antibiotic are mm. working overtime. And so they're generally just a lot less fit. Um, and because of this, when you have like all of these different bacteria at these different fitness levels, if they're competing, a lot of times, whichever one grows the fastest will overtake the other ones. Mm -hmm. And so we're sort of trying to maintain the maintain those less fit, slower growing, but still resistant bacteria in the population. Yeah. And when you have uh, these bacteria in a clinical setting, um, say you have a lung infection, the environment of a lung is actually more like our micro droplets than it is like a batch flask. There's a lot mm -hmm. of different areas in the lung. The bacteria are fairly spatially segregated. So they're not always in direct competition and you will see a lot of diversity and it won't just be that the fastest one wins. So we're trying to see uh, sort of phenotypes and evolutionary trajectories that are probably clinically relevant, but that you don't get in this batch flask environment. And my main project was specifically evolving Pseudomonas aeruginosa, which is a really common uh, hospital pathogen that causes lung infections, especially in patients with cystic fibrosis, mm -hmm. to antibiotic resistance to colistin, which is a last resort antibiotic and I did it in the microdroplets and in the flask and compared uh, the different evolutionary trajectories to see whether or not they, uh, specific mutations 
how similar they look to what you see in patients and mm -hmm. to see whether or not we saw overall more diversity. And we definitely saw um, a lot of pathways that seemed more clinically relevant. We saw um, mutations that were in uh, genes that are commonly mutated in uh, clinical settings, which was a really good sign. Mm -hmm. And um, there's kind of a lot of complicating factors in the experiment about um, just sort of like mutation supply and how quickly the bacteria were growing that made it really hard to determine if we were seeing more genetic diversity in one versus the other. So that was something we weren't quite able to control for. Um, mm -hmm. But other projects um, that were beyond mine uh, that more clearly controlled for those variables um, very clearly showed a lot more diversity in uh, our microdroplet populations. What were your takeaways? I mean, what did you personally get out of doing research here? I think um, on sort of like the surface level, you know, there's a lot of skills you learn just sort of, you know, how to work in a lab, the day-to-day -day routines of it. Mm -hmm. You get a lot more confident in doing all the experiments you're doing, especially if you do them like once a day for a month. Um, but I think on a deeper level, you also become a lot more resilient because a lot mm -hmm. of research is failure and troubleshooting. Yeah. And so yeah. you have to be able to keep working at a problem and keep getting a bad result and then changing the setup slightly and just keep doing that until you get something that works and something sure. that uh, is actually set up to answer the question you want and will let you fully answer that question. Or even just, uh, you know, troubleshooting a PCR to get your DNA. Um, yeah. Even just something like that can be a lot of work. And it does require just sort of like a sort of stamina to be able to do it. Yeah. And I think also you develop the skills around your area of interest specifically to know sort of what experiments will work and what don't with a little bit of intuition, mm -hmm. just from sort of like absorbing all of the background knowledge um, over time for your field um, and getting all this ex experience with these experiments, eventually you're able to sort of say, oh, here's an idea for something I think will work. Um, let's try this. Um, here's the solution. And you sort of get better at like, kind of like knowing what will work and what won't. And I think that developing of sort of like a intuition kind of for um, your experiments and your specific area of interest is something really valuable. Now, how do you think um, this research added to or augmented your in-class learning? What do you think it provided you? I think for me, um, research felt um, a lot more uh, I mean, obviously, it's like a lot, a lot more hands-on, a lot more yeah. experiential. Right. I think for me, mm, I think of how to phrase this uh, correctly. I think it's a lot easier to 
remember in some ways just because it is very hands-on and you have all these specific um memories to associate it with and actions to associate it with yeah i think you're much more likely to remember the steps of pcr because you performed them than because uh you memorized them in a list in a textbook so i think for anything relating to um like biotechnology techniques uh all of that stuff it's Mm -hmm. much easier to learn those in a lab setting than from a textbook um i think for other things you know like a lot more like advanced knowledge there are some things that you obviously aren't going to you know repeat in a lab and it's much easier to just sort of like learn the summation of the knowledge that was produced by all of these hundreds of experiments and trying to you know repeat those experiments Um, But I think there's definitely a spectrum between things that are best learned in lab and best learned uh, in a classroom. And there's a lot of areas in the middle where you can do both and have things that are taught with aspects of both. So let's seg for a minute and talk a little bit about what other campus activities or outside of class things did you do while you were at Rice? Yeah, I think if there is one thing I do wish I had done more it is get more involved in uh, things that rise outside of research since that was definitely something I had focused on a lot and just took up a lot of my extracurricular time. Mm-hmm. But one thing, I mentioned this earlier, but one thing I did still keep up with in college was um, Quiz Bowl. Yep. I joined the Rice Quiz Bowl team freshman year. We did a few uh, in for um, COVID. And then even after COVID, we started doing some online tournaments mm-hmm. and uh, having those online tournaments and having like that group of people where we do sort of, uh, sometimes we do like virtual quiz bowl movie nights where we'd all get on discord and uh, yeah. figure out how to like watch a movie together or do it on zoom was yeah. really nice. To, like have that group connection. And then uh, the next year when I, I came back to campus, but a lot of people hadn't, and it was like pretty sparse and there was a lot of COVID regulations in place um, where it was just kind of like kind of hard to like find groups um, and to make social connections but there were still a few people from that club there we still had our online practices and we'd still sometimes meet up in person to do things um, either quiz bowl related or just social and so having that group uh, was really nice during that time and uh, junior junior year, I was president of the club. I helped organize uh, some of our uh, away tournaments. And uh, senior year, I was no longer president. Uh, you're, we have a tradition of having president being juniors, um, but I still helped a lot uh, with just club organization and management. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, I gained some skills from that just both you know organizing like a group of people um getting some of like the managerial stuff done and sure. just had a really nice like group of people in this context to interact with and have as just sort of like a separate uh sphere to be involved in okay so let's talk about your major um so you majored in cell biology, right, and genetics, I believe. And so, um, I mean, I think it's pretty close to where you want it to be. Um, 
how did the college years shape that major? How did it make it more definitive? Um, tell us a little bit of the backstory there, if there is one. Um, there's a little bit of one. I uh, applied to college knowing I was going to do a biosciences major. I hadn't completely decided um, which one. Yeah. It was also, um, I was in a weird position because Rice was actually changing the design of all the biosciences majors um, the year we were getting there. Mm-hmm. So my sophomore year, they came out with all of these new majors and everyone who um, had enrolled at Rice before the new majors were uh, announced had mm-hmm. the option of either being grandfathered in with the old biochemistry major or doing one of the new majors. Mm-hmm. The old major was this um, blanket uh, biochemistry and cell biology major, and mm-hmm. then a completely separate evolutionary biology and ecology major with associated minors. And under mm-hmm. the new system, there was just one umbrella biosciences majors, but with concentrations in different areas. And you could mm-hmm. do a concentration in either uh biochemistry, cell biology, uh, integrated biology, which is just sort of like really broad uh, overview of all of the different groups, Mm -hmm. or finally uh, concentration in ecology and Mm -hmm. evolution. And I actually was originally enrolled in the old biochemistry, cell biology um, major. For the main reason I switched is that um, under the new cell biology and genetics concentration, I actually did not have to take um, differential equations, and <laughs> I really did not want to take differential <laughs> equations, so that's why I switched. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I hope I hope um, it's turned out okay, right? That, if that was the yeah. better way. I mean, yeah, I, I'm the the research I'm interested in. It's not like super necessary, and for me, I've always for those areas just preferred picking up. Uh, the knowledge that I need specifically for the work I'm doing. Um, yeah. Just it's a lot easier for me to learn it in this context. Um, so I, yeah, I, I don't regret, I don't regret switching. So what's next for you? Where do you go next? So I'll be starting a PhD in microbiology in the fall at Berkeley. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be moving out there in August. Fantastic. So yeah, so you wanted to go to grad school, wanted to do a PhD while you were in high school, and you're on your well on your way, I guess, on that journey. So congratulations. Yeah, thank uh, you. I'm really excited. Let's say to some advice for high schoolers. I mean, you were pretty motivated and focused as a high schooler. What would you tell high schoolers out there about college, how they ought to think about it? how they should approach it? I think if you have something that you're interested in and you know you want to go to college to pursue it, it's really good while you're in high school to find things you can do related to that interest. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like not everywhere has like good research opportunities, but even outside of that, a lot of times there might be extracurricular opportunities either in your school or in your community related to that activity. For mm-hmm. instance, if you are interested in biology, either more cell biology, genetic stuff, or in uh, more ecology evolution, you might be able to volunteer with one of the local parks. You might be able to 
uh, volunteer at a local hospital, there might be uh, groups associated with your library that are uh, surrounding a certain topic that you could get involved in. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities both uh, at high school and outside of it to sort of find things related to your interests. And I think getting involved in those in high school is a really good way to demonstrate that interest and that commitment. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think I think that is absolutely right. Um, a challenge for most kids, I guess, is not knowing what they're interested in, maybe not having sort of the guidance to, you know, to go and try out and explore these things. So, yeah, um, and I think if you don't know what you're interested in, trying to explore it is also a really good thing to do. Um, and another, I guess, thing that it's good to be aware of is that you can join a lot of activities and then quit most of them and it's okay you yeah. can join a lot of things to figure out what you're interested in and you don't have to do all of them you can just pick the ones you're interested in and it's uh not a bad sign it does not reflect poorly on you to say actually this wasn't for me um yeah. but thank you for having me and it doesn't mean that like you know you're a bad person or a failure for stop for like you know quitting it and just stopping it no, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the best thing. I mean, it's to go out and try it out and uh, see what happens. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's another thing yeah. that happens early in college is you join a bunch of clubs and then you find out which ones you actually want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the only way to check it out. So, Sosha, we're going to start um, winding down. And mm -hmm. before we do that, I just thought um, if you would like to share any anecdote or memory or, or a vignette from your college experience um, that you think the listeners might like to hear, uh, here's your chance. Yeah, it's hard to choose one. Uh, I think some of my fondest memories are of late at night uh, in the student union either in freshman year before the pandemic uh, with some of my friends just getting like midnight coffee and getting super wired to try and finish Gen Kim homework that's due <laughs> in like five hours and helping each other with the problems and working through it and sometimes quitting and taking a break to go get more coffee and then dragging ourselves back to it. I feel like even though we are not having fun in the moment, it's just sort of like interesting to look back on and mm -hmm. just sort of like remember what that felt like to sort of just, just be in that uh, mode of just intensity kind of. And I think that's something that can also be felt a lot in high school or like before college is this feeling of like intensity of like a certain moment or of something that's about to happen that you're trying to prepare for. Um, and eventually that intensity will just kind of like be a memory. Um, you'll be past that phase. Fantastic. So this has been a fascinating conversation. Um, great to hear your story. I'm sure you will do a lot more at Berkeley and hope to keep in touch with you. And thank for you. right now, take care, be safe, and thank you again so much. Thank you too. Uh, thank you for having me. I hope you have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye.
Bye again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Sursha Disney McKeaton on her undergraduate experiences at Rice University. Sursha pursued her dream of microbiology by majoring in cell biology. She jumped into microbial evolution research early on in college, which has made it possible for her to pursue a PhD at Berkeley. I hope Sursha's experience inspires you to do undergraduate research and also check out Rice University. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash alma matters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Alma matters. Matters.